Listen. You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. Hello and welcome to the Chundu Gaming Podcast. My name is Charlie. I'm joined with Austin and Andy today. Hey, what's up? Hi there. Today we're talking about one of our favorite games of all time, which is Mortal Kombat, a series which goes back over 25 years. And as each episode is about indie or retro games, this one is certainly a retro game, but it's been made modern. So modern, in fact, that we just hosted our 23rd tournament, I think, which was Mortal Kombat X. And we were super excited to play this game in particular because I think all of us, maybe all three of us, have kind of like fallen in love with Mortal Kombat again with this particular game. Yeah. Is it fair to say that? Um, yeah, I got a little bit into it before this game, but... Yeah, 9 for me. I started getting into it and just 10 was like... Blew my mind. Yeah, blew my mind too. I didn't really play any of the Mortal Kombat games between 3 and 10. I mean, I played them, but didn't really get that into them. And I was really into the first three. Before we get into this, I want to introduce Andy. So Andy is the champion of our recent <laughs> Mortal Kombat tournament. Congratulations yeah, on winning that, man. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You were, t- I mean, obviously you were tough to beat because we couldn't beat you. <laughs> but um, that was a high level of competition, man. You're, you're really good at that game. And I've been playing Mortal Kombat the entirety of the series. Um, yeah, I got into that game pretty heavy with um, me and my roommates back home in the States for a while. And uh, you can go down a rabbit hole with that game. There's there's a lot of layer, layers of uh, learning in it, and yeah, so no it's doubt enjoyable. To- Tell me about how'd you get started with Mortal Kombat? What's your first Mortal Kombat memory? I think maybe for the three of us, we should start with when did it begin? Um, my first memory is actually my parents not letting me play it because <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, my cousins were playing it and it was a little too violent for their liking. But I did get to watch it uh, occasionally and uh, my cousins playing the original Mortal Kombat. And then as I grew up, I played with them. Was this uh, like Sega Genesis or something? Uh, yeah, I believe they were on Sega Genesis. and The then, good version. Um, they, they were on multiple consoles growing up. Uh, they played some of those ones in between three and then the newer ones that were awful. But... <laughs> enjoyable nonetheless <laughs> how about you what was your first time first memory mm, i think it was at my neighbor's house on uh thing on the super nintendo version um, the first one yeah my, that one did not sell well yeah it because did not, of not because, having blood yeah it had sweat that's right <laughs> <laughs> the game came out in 1992 i guess both of you guys were really young i'm a little bit i'm a few years older than you i was 10 years old i think it was 93 wasn't it um i have 92 right no, here for Mortal Kombat 1. yeah yeah so huge game in the arcade i remember coming out in the arcade. Years. my first memory yeah exactly 25 years that's right yeah. my first memory of mortal Kombat was playing the arcade version at an ice hockey rink wow yeah and i remember repeatedly going back to that ice hockey rink i played ice hockey at the time and Mortal Kombat was pretty mind-blowing when you're a kid. I mean, when you're a kid, you've never seen someone's head get ripped off. And, and with the digitized sprites in comparison to the cartoonish visuals of, say, Street Fighter or something. Yeah, Street Fighter was kind of king of the block at that yeah. time. That was the the biggest competitive fighting game at the time. And Street Fighter Two had revolutionized the arcade genre. 
and the fighting game genre at the same time. And it wasn't until Mortal Kombat that it got really unseated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would like to actually talk about the creation of the first one. Uh, it was originally created by Ed Boon and John Tobias. And uh, the, developments, bleh, the development team started with Ed Boon, John Tobias, John Vogel, and Dan Forden. Dan Forden is the toasty guy, the sound designer. And uh, we can get into that a little bit later. But um, originally, the developers wanted to make an action game with John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I heard that. Johnny Cage. And yeah. then eventually, they had a movie with John with uh, Van Damme. Yeah. But, so that was uh, kind of like Mortal Kombat Redemption in a way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And when the first game came out, that was probably like the peak of Van Damme's career. And so from what I understand, he wasn't able to do the game because he was too busy yeah. with high-profile film projects, which which makes sense. Totally makes sense as opposed to a... Uh, I mean, Mortal Kombat had not been established. It's just a he was a probably game. He was probably like jump-kicking people off motorcycles yeah. instead of doing that. Well, like that movie, um, Hard Target. You ever see that movie? No. Mm. <laughs> Real golden era Van Damme movie. Anyway, Van Damme passed Van Damme it up. was before... I mean, I, bear in mind, I was a pretty young kid then, and most of those movies were, like, a little bit violent for, I don't know, I guess at the peak of his era, I would have been, like, three years old or four years old. <laughs> there were nothing compared to Mortal Kombat. I mean, Mortal Kombat was, like, people getting ripped in half. Yeah, but Mortal Kombat was, like, me being, like, a six-year-old going over to my neighbor's house without my parents knowing about it. So do you think that really scarred you deeply? Um, has it ruined your life? Well, it... Uh, or made you into like... You mean, an you mean has it ruined my life by not having it at my house? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it just um, just destroyed your moral compass, like um, all the congressional hearings with um, Herb Cole. <laughs> That's a nice name. And uh, Senator Lieberman, who started these congressional hearings in 1993 voicing concerns over Mortal Kombat, which eventually led to the ESRB, the ratings board, which rated this game a mature game, which was restricted. Yeah, I, uh, they brought up a lot of games during those court hearings, such as Custer's Revenge, which... What? Custer's yeah, Revenge? Yeah. I thought the two were Mortal Kombat... And, ridiculous. Uh, Mortal Kombat and Doom and Night Trap. Doom and Night Trap make sense, but they went, like, way back to, like, Death Race, which is, like way back and pretty tame compared to like say Carmageddon or something but uh Mortal Kombat makes sense Custer's Revenge does not but yeah they brought up obscure stuff for their fight for uh you know trying to keep keep kids away from that which I think just ultimately comes down to parents being parents yeah I mean and they failed in the end anyway yeah they tried to ban games like Mortal Kombat. It didn't work. Some countries banned it. It was banned in Australia. It was banned yeah. in Germany. A few countries banned it, but not the United States. Eventually, it went to the Supreme Court. Um, the U.S. Appeals Court Judge Richard Posner considered Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 to be a feminist, violent video game. There's all these, there's all these weird contrary things. I mean, when you look at the controversiality of Mortal Kombat, it's such a big topic. There have been so many lawsuits against Midway. Um, for violence in the video game and for, you know, kids do something stupid and then parents 
bring a lawsuit against the developer of this video game, citing the game as the cause of this. You know, the Columbine murders, they put Doom onto that and Marilyn Manson. It seemed like in the 1990s, whenever something went really bad with kids, they were looking for some kind of cultural product combat. to blame it on. Yeah. So eventually, this violent video game thing went to the Supreme Court and it got shot down. And it was actually Arnold Schwarzenegger who tried to get violent video games banned in California in 2005. Son of a bitch. Yeah, 2005, California passed a statewide ban on selling violent video games to minors. And it was championed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. But in 2011, the Supreme Court case Brown versus Entertainment Merchants Association, the ban was struck down in a 7-2 vote. And the court ruled that video games qualify for First Amendment protection. And this part's really cool. The justice's majority opinion declared, uh, reading Dante is unquestionably more cultured and intellectually edifying than playing Mortal Kombat. But these cultural and intellectual differences are not constitutional ones. Crudely violent video games, tawdry TV shows, and cheap novels and magazines are no less forms of speech, free speech than the divine comedy. The restrictions upon them must survive strict scrutiny. Justice Elena Kagan was quoted as calling Mortal Kombat an iconic game, which I am sure half of the clerks who work for us spent considerable amounts of their time in adolescence playing. That is, Boom. is pretty cool. Yeah, and, I, and it's a cultural icon. She's like, don't bullshit. Yeah. You you know you play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's as if the core is like, yeah, we all have played Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. look how we ended up. Banning yeah. that is ridiculous. <laughs> Winning tournaments over here. But it seems like the controversiality of Mortal Kombat in general has pretty much defined this game. Absolutely. I'll, there have From been the some things like using sprites and you know motion capture technology like very early on although mortal kombat wasn't even the first game to do that the first one was pit fighter you ever play that game no what was pit fighter it was kind of like a fight club looking game where it's like a bar brawl but it was all um pixel artwork you know just looked very similar to mortal kombat sounds it was an awesome. arcade game yeah so anyway it's probably cooler in my head than it actually probably is well the developers of the first mortal kombat game were really appreciative of that game because it kind of pointed out some of the problems and pitfalls that this type of game can fall into. Wait, and wait, so, what did you say it was called? Pit Fighter. Pit Fighter? Pit yeah. Fighter pointed out the pitfalls? That's right. The pitfalls are pointed out by Pit Fighter. All right. <laughs> so Mortal Kombat was able to avoid some of those and become pretty much massive smash hit like right off the bat. Yeah. It's one of the best-selling game series of all time. 35 million sales as of the release of Mortal Kombat X, Yeah. which came out just a few years ago. But the biggest game in the series seems like it was Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, MK2 was pretty big. I don't have the sales on that, but... I read that it was the biggest commercial success of the Mortal Kombat series, which outsold summer blockbuster movies. And very few games in gaming history have ever done that. Do you know how many releases there have been in the 25 years since its inception? No, how many? 22. 22 in 25 years? Yeah, we're playing Mortal Kombat 10... And there have been 22 releases. So there's like three. I only remember like five. There's like Mortal Kombat 3, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Uh, I don't know. There's like quite a few different like variations on the series. But uh, a few of them were kind of not really so we memorable. Should, we, we should explain. What is Mortal Kombat about? For anybody, Maybe there's somebody who's listening to this who doesn't know what Mortal Kombat is or hasn't played it. So it's uh, two fighters. I mean, in a couple of the games, it's been a tag team available, but it's a, you know, generally been a two-dimensional fighting game. 
and uh, with the exception of a couple of them moving over to 3D. And the big selling point on the series is the fatality system, where in various incarnations of the game, you basically just do increasingly depraved, super fucked up shit to your opponent after depraved is a good depraved is a good word to describe it. They're not unconscious; they're just like standing there, gazed, waiting to be waiting to be killed. But the game is a tournament. It's a tournament kind of based on yeah. End of the Dragon. It's like the Bruce Lee movie, End of the Dragon, mm-hmm. where in the first game, you're on an island. It's run by this crazy old Asian guy, Shang Tsung, and he is organizing a tournament. There's all this lore to the, the Mortal Kombat yeah, series. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like the 18 realms created by the Elder Gods with the first tournament taking place in the Earth realm, and there's the Outworld. And- yeah, it goes really deep into <laughs> all that stuff. And for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, I've been playing this game for like two decades. I'm like, whatever, whatever. Everybody's like, fighting. Let me just rip his head off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the story kind of seems like an afterthought, even though they have extended the story in so many different directions with so many different comic books, movies, television shows, dozens of games, all these different things to flesh out the the story of the game two or three movie two movies i think two and, movies and there was a animated tv series in 95 i believe as well as a uh, a live action tv series and after that another live action tv series mortal kombat legacy i believe that annihilation was, a, was the a, second one i think uh, or yeah, the tv the show legacy is the tv show right. the third tv show that was a net series i guess uh, was that, on, I think they released YouTube. it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I read about that. I actually saw some of that when it came out a couple years ago. The first movie was quite a big hit, though. Released in 1995, grossed $120 million. That's a lot. And there was uh, that song, Techno Syndrome. Oh, they made a whole soundtrack. Yeah, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Yeah, made by the, the Toasty Guy. That was not made by the Toasty Guy. They brought in an artist, actually. Uh, it was a band, and they... Lords of members. Acid members. Yeah. Uh yeah. Do you know their names? I he, do not. Dan Dan Forden was the Praga guy who, Khan and Oliver Adams, and the 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 band was called the Immortals when they uh, did their duo thing. I read that Dan Forden made the soundtrack. Who's the guy you mentioned, right? Dan Forden. Dan did Forden not do was the soundtrack. Sound designer of the whole series. From uh, what I read, yes, sound designer for the like game series, but not for the soundtrack of the movie. Interesting. Yeah. I remember that soundtrack. I had that on CD. I had the, had the, uh, song. Yeah. Just like just yelling mortal Kombat. They also had a TV commercial. I don't know if you ever saw that. Really? I don't think I've seen the TV commercial. It's like there are people in the street and they're just like looking up at the sky, like screaming mortal Kombat. Like everyone's just yelling it. And it's like a really (laughs) iconic commercial. Actually, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, And then they made a sequel to the movie and it bombed apparently. Well, you know, that's not surprising. That's very often the case with sequels. So Yeah, so they stopped making movies after that, but now apparently they're talking about rebooting it and making another movie. Well, I mean, the series has been pretty successful with the the reboot. So yeah, and exactly. I think that would be cool. Yeah, Mortal Kombat X has really kind of breathed breathe life back into Mortal Kombat for the first time in a in a very long time. The first movie also jump started the career of Paul W. S. Anderson. Really? Who, yeah, who's the uh, director who directed all the Resident Evil series and huh. married the star of that, Mila Jovovich, and has done a bunch of other game movies, which are pretty much all mediocre. Hmm. Like game movies are. Yeah, typically. Um, also, the not just 
movies and cartoons and comic books as well. But there was actually a Mortal Kombat live tour. <laughs> what is that? So uh, it was a, theat- a martial arts theatrical stage show featuring Mortal Kombat characters, sound, and laser effects. Were there honestly. fatalities? Uh, I- I'm not sure if there were fatalities. <laughs> I couldn't find a lot on the live tour. I'm not sure how successful it was, but if, I'm if assuming... If there were fatalities, that alone would sell me. I would, yeah. I would do it if there's fatalities. <laughs> UFC needs to step up its game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you but, know, this Mortal Kombat has made over $4 billion since it was created. It's pretty impressive. That's a large chunk of change. That's a lot of money. 35 million units sold as of 2015, which was when Mortal Kombat X was released. And over $4 billion. Now, Mortal Kombat X and Mortal Kombat 9 were released by NetherRealm Studios, not Midway. But it was ex-Midway employees. But Midway went went out. Yeah, Midway's been long dead. Yeah. But one of the biggest Midway titles ever, along with NBA Jam and what else? Hydro Thunder, some like <laughs> arcade era games. Yeah. Mortal Kombat was maybe the biggest. It inspired so many clones. There were dozens of clones. I was reading about some of them earlier. Bloodstorm, Eternal Champions, Killer Instinct, Primal Rage, Street Fighter the Movie, about a dozen others. So many clones inspired. But it seems like for a long period, I don't know, 15 years or something, Mortal Kombat was kind of just spinning its wheels, making games that didn't really have much traction. Yeah, I mean, for like you mentioned, MK3 was the last one you really paid attention to. Um, I mean, what came after Ultimate oh, Mortal Kombat 3? Oh, MK4, which was the one that brought the series to uh, to 3D. And for the most part, a lot of the games were not notable. The last game I remember playing was MK versus DC, which was... Oh, that, uh, was, that was like way, way later than 4. Yeah, but um, I, I did go back and do some research on this. There were some cool things that they, they did. I want to touch on the fatality system. Real quick, which is what the series is famous for. So the first game just had one fatality per character and the pit stage fatality, which everyone I'm sure remembers. Pretty iconic. That was the one where you knock him off the bridge? Yeah. Or... And just fall. Wait, that was was that in the first one, really? It, you, all you had to do was uppercut them in the first one. Awesome. And in the second one, they introduced... Uh, stage fatalities and death traps to most of the levels, but you yeah, had... Yeah, they had uh, spikes on the ceiling, they yeah, had the acid, acid pool. Yeah. yeah. And um, they also introduced friendships in the second one, which is where it could end with no bloodshed. you just like be like, hey, we, we're cool. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, um, I don't and know the, the babalities. Babalities, animalities in Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah. I don't know, man. All that stuff. The, got a the bit mercies silly. in MK3, which you could bring them back to life, and you needed to do that to do the animality. Um, but MK3 did introduce the brutalities, and that was pretty cool in MK3. You just basically pummeled them to death. Later on, though, they had uh, Harakari uh, in MK Deception. And it was like a race to see whether or not your opponent could pull off a fatality or you could kill yourself before them. Which one is MK Deception? Uh, I'm not sure. I think that was maybe around number five or six. Man, um, it just got lost in just like... Well, but one of the cooler <laughs> ones was the creative fatality in MK Armageddon. So that one, instead of having character-specific fatalities, 
you had a pool of fatalities that you could pull on and you basically had like a combo meter to like pull off different fatality moves and like rank up to like eight, nine, ten different fatality moves in killing them. Did you do that? I don't remember. No, I I never played that one. Yeah, I I didn't either. I, I I looked it up online and... It's incredible how Mortal Kombat went through Just a period through where a everyone played period. it. Well, it's yeah. like everyone played it. I remember my best memories with Mortal Kombat is probably Mortal Kombat 2 when I used to go to the arcade like almost every weekend to play Mortal Kombat 2. And I was a pretty competitive player. There was probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 players in my area who would go to the same arcade and I'd, you'd see the same people yeah. over and over. And then it just went to a dark period where like nobody was really obsessed with it like they had been well it was after mortal kombat 3 mortal kombat 3 was the last one that was big in the arcade i think yeah. that after ultimate mortal kombat 3 the, the arcade kind of yeah the down, arcade yeah. area had area had kind of already passed by that point and it had moved to consoles and mortal kombat specifically is such an arcade centric game it's all you have to be playing with other people essentially and it just works perfectly as an arcade game yeah absolutely and at the time, Mortal Kombat 2 was really amazing. I mean, all the stages, yeah. the environments, the music in particular, I really loved. It had so many characters. It had 12 characters in Mortal Kombat 2 and really competitive. 12 characters. Now there are uh, more than 64 characters in the series. You can pick 64? There are more than 64 for throughout the whole oh of course yeah. of course i mean because every one they use different even in mortal kombat x there's tons of characters there's dozens of characters but it's a lot of new characters like and nine there's was a, lot, a lot of old characters there's a lot of old characters that Luke are Kang not is like a an old man in mk10 it's Luke Kang is like in the future huh? he's um, like the protagonist probably of like the whole series what what were you saying? Um, it is twenty five years in the future, uh, MKX. So mm-hmm. it's actually introducing offspring, which is uh, unique to the MK series because everything oh, else like has Cassie been Cage. one generation. Yeah. yeah. So Cassie Cage is introduced, and she is who's uh, Liu Kang's daughter, oh, uh, Johnny Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade. Um, and so, and then there's a couple other offspring, and uh, they're pretty unique characters because you can start almost fusing characters huh um so maybe next mortal kombat it'd be like grandkids yeah it'd be interesting we'll be playing as babies to go back to the baby no they'll be they'll then be you'll their, do fatalities yeah. where they grow up and <laughs> no no they're they're adults but they can like whistle at the end and then they're like their grandpa comes out and kills you oh damn <laughs> that's what i'm thinking it's like <laughs> <laughs> wait but does grandpa like come out like in a wheelchair um well if it's the future maybe it's like a jetpack or something oh okay cool cool. yeah and like just and he burns them alive and the toasty guy comes out maybe where's the toasty guy haven't seen him in a long time but Uh, i don't know toasty guy i think the last one they had it in was the shaolin monks which was like a a game developed by paradox and was not actually a fighting game it was like a beat-em-up so i don't think it got a lot of attention and the toasty guy was not even in there he was just you could hear his voice yeah, Shaolin monks are supposed to be a central theme in this game. You see a lot of Shaolin monks in almost every iteration of Mortal Kombat, but I don't know if you knew this, but Liu Kang is supposed to be a Shaolin monk. Oh. Yeah, it's the actor who played him in the first Mortal Kombat refused to shave his head, and so that gave him a totally different look And ever since then. But Liu Kang is supposed to be a Shaolin monk. Hmm. I believe in development he was actually 
uh, originally conceived as a Japanese character. Oh, and, he had a Japanese name. Yeah, and they no. did not like the name, and so they switched it to Liu Kang, and then that changed his whole like character arc. Well, actually, he was from what I read, he was supposed to be a Shaolin monk, but he had a Japanese name, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, people in China don't have Japanese names, <laughs> and then the the actor refused to shave his head, and they're like, all right, well, he's just like kung fu guy yeah. now, I guess. It seems like the development of this whole series has been completely reactionary, just going with the punches. Just, it's like, so patchwork. Yeah, <laughs> That's totally. I think even the story, if you well, follow this way, they're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> and you know, and especially you how, like at the end of MK9, they're like, we're ready to go. We're ready to like take over the world. Then MK10's like two years later, let's do it now. Well, like, I mean, why many, didn't you do what? What have you been doing for two years? You're like, let's well, do it now. Well, there's man. twenty ga- twenty plus games, so <laughs> obviously, like, it can't really end. But I mean, in the first Mortal Kombat, for example, the story is Shang Tsung is hosting this tournament, yeah. to the death, and it's on this island. It's just like End of the Dragon, basically. And Liu Kang wins the tournament, as the story goes in the first Mortal Kombat, and he defeats Shang Tsung. And then Shang Tsung like gets on his knees and apologizes to Shao Kahn, who's like his Shao boss. Kahn. And he's like, let me host another tournament. This time it's in the outer world. Yeah. And Shao Kahn's like, okay, I'll give you a shot. And then Shao Kahn is the boss. And then Shang Tsung is made into like a young Shang Tsung. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to follow <laughs> all this stuff. super obscure. Yeah. And then it's like, they're uh, just like, let's make it, you know, let's just, you know, by this point, I don't think people really know. We're just going to like say things and go <laughs> with it. Well, and then you get all these other hidden characters. So in Mortal Kombat 2, hidden characters were Jade and Smoke and Noob Saibot. Noob Saibot, do you know where that name comes from? Yeah, of Mm -hmm. course. It's the two developers' name backwards. Yep. So, but I don't know what that means. I mean, it's just like a black ninja. You can't see him. Palette swap. Like Smoke Smoke and Jade. (laughs) Like, what is going on? All All these hidden characters, like, it has a very distinct random feel to it. Well, do you know about Ermac? Uh, he, yeah. He was uh, the original <laughs> ninja. It was red, and they were doing a palette swap. And uh, if you played long enough, the game would glitch and return an error macro code. Yeah. And it'd just show up E-R-M-A-C and give you a red ninja, which wasn't a character you could pick. They thought and, that was a secret character. Yeah. They were like, Ermac? Oh, and then the developers loved that. They thought it was a secret character, and so they put him in the next game. Yeah, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. That's where Ermac comes from. So cool. He's one of the coolest characters, too. He is. He's awesome. Um, yeah, they had a lot of weird little secrets and stuff in the game. They had Galaga hidden in... They had Pong in one? Yeah. Like, wh- why, are they, why are they doing that? Because they're midway. They can do this easily. Yeah. They're like arcade, the biggest arcade game developer, yeah. maybe of them all. It's pretty cool, though, I think. I think Easter eggs are pretty f- entertaining for me. There's so many great ones throughout history, and I kind of feel like Easter eggs are dying away. They're not like... We don't get little secrets like Galaga or Pong hidden away in our games. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft used to have Spy Hunter built into Microsoft Dev, Excel. Dev Hunter. And then they took that out. They, they banned Easter eggs in Excel. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you think that comes with the internet culture? Um, because that Easter egg is a surprise that you encounter when you're playing the game. Yeah. And... Uh, you probably no surprises. just hear about it from <laughs> the, someone. We're and, past the era of surprises. I'm, yeah, the developers actually were talking about in Mortal Kombat 3, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, I think, where it suddenly was in the internet era. 
and there were no secrets that they could really hold anymore. Yeah. And so the developers like face this issue where any kind of secrets that we put inside here are quickly going to be spread over the internet. And so it's difficult or impossible to maintain any level of secrecy in the game at all. And I, I feel like they directly addressed this challenge. Yeah. Um, I think they maybe overcame it by just being extremely in your face violent instead of surprise violent. Yeah. I mean, look at MK10. It's really, really, starting with nine, you know, like the X-ray moves. Yeah. So starting with Mortal Kombat X, tell us about how you were playing that and what were the things that you learned to be so successful that you won a Mortal Kombat tournament? Um, so I played with my roommates. Uh, I had a friend uh, that got really into the game, and so he would want to play and practice, and I just kept losing over and over, and that was the best way to learn because uh, I could see him doing some of these things that are just seem impossibly hard, but once you get those combos down... So would uh, you say like you made him proud by winning? I bet he would kind of laugh. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he might chuckle a bit. I'll, I'll tell him. You got to take, I, I'll send you the picture of you with the 3D trophy, the CGF trophy, which we gave you for winning. And you should send that to him and be like, one nothing, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I actually did attend a tournament with him for uh, Mortal Kombat X. And uh, I think he took second or third in that tournament and i took maybe like 15th in that tournament so there are some players out there that just are head and shoulders above head and um, shoulders the shampoo yeah <laughs> yeah consumer product reference <laughs> hilarious sponsor us please <laughs> so one thing i noticed that you were doing in the tournament a lot was juggling people in the air um, yeah, so there, it seems like there's no real defense against that. Um, is that right? Or there's the block, like the breaker combo breaker or something. There is a combo breaker that uh, could interrupt what I was doing. Reminds um, me of uh, just hearing combo breaker in my head. Reminds me of killer instinct. Combo breaker. I miss that voice. You know, I really miss that voice. Combo was my favorite character in that game. Yeah, but so combos were my favorite snacks in the '90s. Nice. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, meter management once you get up into the higher levels. So you have to decide, do I want to use two bars of the special meter, which would so uh, got, break the combo or do I want to save that for a special move? There's a lot of meters in Mortal Kombat X. You have a life meter, you have a sprint meter and a special meter. Is that right? Those that three? is correct. Um, sprint meter. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's right beneath your life meter. Yeah, it's a stamina meter, so there's a couple different things that will uh, make it go down. This it, is why I lost the tournament. <laughs> I don't. I don't use it. Um, there are actually a lot of players that uh, use sprints in the middle of juggle combos, which is crazy to me because I can't do it. So they'll do a move, sprint, cancel that sprint, so they're closer to the person, and then continue the uh, combo. Continue hitting the person in the air. Right. Yeah. Right. And that, as you go into this game, it just gets more and more complex, and uh, you start talking about even frame data. Yeah, there. there's an amazing amount of depth to this game. I, Austin and I were playing the game recently, and we, I mean, I didn't realize that you could hold down the right trigger. 
I guess the block button while doing special moves to get like an additional functionality out of every move in the game. Yeah, to like supercharge your your special moves and use use a bar of special. And he didn't know about the the counters. So yeah. and you have three variations for each character, yeah. which basically makes each character like three different characters. And there's already what like thirty characters or something. Yeah. So so with all the variations, it's like ninety. Like there's an incredible amount of diversity. And I mean, going into the tournament, I was kind of thinking, you know. There are so many different characters and types of attacks to defend against. It seems really difficult to prepare for a tournament. How do you prepare for a tournament? I don't know. Play a lot. Yeah, just play a <laughs> lot. Play against every type of character. I mean, yeah, there is just so many different ways to play the game. I mean, you can be aggressive. You can be have like a ranged strategy. And I'm sure there's a, a lot of others which you're more familiar with than I am. Um, yeah, as you're preparing... Uh, some of the hardest characters to prepare for are those that have um, mix-ups, which are uh, they have attacks that look very similar, that one is an overhead, so it hits you if you're blocking and crouching, and one is a low attack, which hits you if uh, you're blocking and not crouching. So you have to be able to kind of predict what the other person is going to do. And as you learn, you uh, see different patterns emerging for different characters, and you, you can expect some of these but you actually end up in some really hard blocking situations. Yeah, I noticed with you, so you played as Kung Lao in every round of the tournament, and no one beat you. Flawless victory, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. And, and you, I, I noticed that there were a couple moves which you did which were so effective against me and against everybody, and after I fell victim to it a number of times, I started to like wise up and be like, okay, I have to respond to this particular move in this one way. The one I'm thinking of is the teleport move where Kung Lao teleports behind you and then throws you. Yeah, so that's a good example of a move that uh, it leaves Kung Lao very vulnerable if the person predicts it, but if you, it's a mix-up. It's a, it's, you're trying to surprise them. Instead of throwing a hat low at their feet or swinging high over their head, you are suddenly behind them and then uh, I actually use a grab out of it, which uh, works on people that are blocking. Yeah, mm -hmm. you'd also do that uh, the slow hat throw, and then just like oh, and just like dance around yeah. the hat. Yeah, that's really effective. Yeah, I, I actually found that that's one I don't see online. Even uh, I've watched a few uh, tutorials on how to use kung lao, and uh, I've never seen anyone use that. And so I'm proud of that. Uh, essentially, what I do is I use a meter burn hat, and I it's just slowly crawling around along the ground. And then I do overhead attacks about the same pace as it. Andy's slow hat throw. Yeah. <laughs> Catch it here for, first. Catch ring to it. Yeah. Don't go sharing that one. <laughs> it's a tournament tournament winner. Yeah. People figure it out pretty quick, but uh, it's usually good for one or two like surprises. Even with experienced players, they're like, "Oh, what are you? What are you doing with that?" Because it looks really silly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can attest to the fact that it works. It works very well. <laughs> You're very too. difficult to, to beat. So, Looking at the incredible success of Mortal Kombat X, it seems virtually inevitable that there is a sequel in the works. Absolutely. I'm I've, kind of I'm curious. Do you have any thoughts about what's coming next with Mortal Kombat? Obviously, a movie might be possible, and I think that might work really well now that Mortal Kombat X has kind of redefined itself back in the really dark kind of fiction, fictional horror kind and of space. And they've removed the babalities and all that 
Well, yeah, well, it, star- it started out as like fictional, you know, like a horror, like horror, a horror yeah, game, pretty much. Yeah, and it's gone back to its roots. Yeah, and it's gone back to its roots. And it's no longer a super wacky game. Cartoonish joke. Right, right. And I think that bodes really well for the potential of a movie. Yeah. And in general, I feel like it's, I mean, looking at video game movie adaptations, it's almost nothing but disappointment yeah. with like very few exceptions. The most recent one is the Assassin's Creed movie. But so it is a little scary to see a movie made out of any game that you really like because the chance of it being bad is very high. There's anything that can turn out well. I would hope it'd be Mortal Kombat. I mean, I think that whoever would be working on that movie would hopefully just be aware of the fact that it is like about the violence. Yeah. And I think there could be an interesting playoff the fact that there isn't really a story, even though there is a large like story you just yeah, I mean, there's re- like time travels so they're like oh we're gonna just go back and ignore all of that <laughs> yeah you could just use you the could just make it any, and then do you, what you want this could be the story ha- does not necessarily have to do anything with i mean you can pick and choose any of this like massive collection like this massive hodgepodge of mortal Kombat lore but apparently the director of the new mortal Kombat movie which they were talking about in late 2016 about six months ago is this director named simon mccoyd who has never directed a movie promise he's directed (laughs) yeah he's directed advertisements i don't know why they would select this guy but person like that on um, the mortal Kombat project like that's a little Maybe he's had some really violent commercials. Well, maybe it's yogurt. not. Maybe it's not considered to <laughs> Buy be this a really yogurt. Uh, it will kill you. And then the Mortal Kombat song comes on. <laughs> maybe it's not considered to be a very high-profile project. I don't know. I mean, I but know, that's like, crazy to me, though. I mean, the last Mortal Kombat movie, even though it was a long time ago, bombed. Yeah, that's true. It's like a widely panned movie. I don't even know if I ever saw that. Did you guys ever see that? Annihilation, the second? I didn't see the second one. I saw the first one. Yeah, I saw the first one in the theater. Second one. I thought the first one was pretty fun. It was like, I mean, a little goofy and like stuff, but it was fun, like tongue in cheek kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) I love uh, Christopher Lambert as Raiden. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. There are some, man, there are some quotes in that movie, which I have seen recently. The essence of Mortal Kombat is not about death, but life. The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> Sorry. Christopher Lambert as Raiden. Wow, man. And that's like, that's the 90s. Rises his role in that's Bro the 90s Force. turned up to 11. <laughs> so as we wrap this up, what do you guys think about the future of Mortal Kombat. If there is another Mortal Kombat coming, what would you guys hope to see in there or what could they do to mess it up? What are your thoughts? Um, well, I mean, for me personally, I I think we will see what kind of things NetherRealm Studios working on with the upcoming Injustice 2. I I saw the second one as kind of like uh, you know, in between what MK10 and MK nine was i think that in some ways it stands on its own but it's very clear that they're both the same development studio and i think that'll give us a good indicator as to what kind of things we can expect in the next one which may be like it looks like there might be items and things like that so i mean i i'm curious to see whether or not they incorporate items or uh, focus more on a story than they did with 10 
because injustice is like all about the story what about you andy um i second that injustice uh look i'd like to start seeing uh character crossovers uh more so than they are doing uh i know they did dc versus mk but uh with the new mechanics there there's a lot of possibilities um and then uh the other thing uh is with that class the three different options per character it'd be interesting to start seeing weapons um, yeah. Oh yeah, they do have specific weapons uh, in that, but it'd be interesting to maybe have the class and a weapon choice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because some of the characters have guns. I mean, you just get routinely yeah. shot. I mean, just casually gunshot. I mean, that's going to get pretty like in depth if you have too many selections. You're going to start worrying yeah. about stats and stuff. Like MK10 is like still like relatively friendly to newcomers, I think. And at that point we might start looking at like a, uh, a separation of, you know, hardcore and noobs, which is not always the worst thing. I'm going to keep playing Mortal Kombat, but you know, yeah, you know, my chief concern would be that they go too far in the direction of free to play. Yeah. You know, because the DLC in this game is like fairly egregious. I just watched, uh, there's a YouTuber who like counts the sins in a game and he's just like, all right, that's, uh, that, that DLC is $5. That is five sins. And this DLC, for whatever reason, is $30. That is another 30 cents. There, yeah, I mean, if you buy MKXL, which is the best thing to do, that includes... Everything. Dozens yeah. of... Oh, you know, actually not everything. There is some really? stuff that's not included in that. Yeah. It's like Katana and Melina cosplay, you know, kit or whatever. I mean, it's like nothing important, but there are dozens and dozens of these packs. And actually for the tournament, I was preparing to... Purchase the crypt, the crypt pack, which in Mortal Kombat X, there's this crypt component where you earn these coins, spell with a K, of course, and use them to unlock all these little items in the game. You can make a purchase as DLC, which unlocks all these items, which effectively unlocks everything in the game. I think they encourage you to do that, too. I, I mean, you unlock coins so slowly incredibly slowly actually i've seen youtube clips online which tell you like how to get more coins like <laughs> change you know go in the options and change it to one round and like do all this stuff and then just inevitably it involves playing the game for dozens of hours yeah. so but for the tournament i wanted to have all the fatalities available Absolutely. so i was open just to just purchasing this crypt unlock even though you know i'm opposed to the idea of having to make this purchase to do this since i already bought the game yeah Fortunately, I found this website, mksecrets.net, which included this text file hack method where you just download a two kilobyte text file, drop it into the MKX folder, and then it unlocks everything in the game. And that fortunately worked beautifully. Nice. And we saw a lot of great fatalities at the tournament. We started the tournament out with a fatality and me losing. Yeah. <laughs> As we get to the later stages, it's great because we're, there's a fight in progress and then it ends and then it's like, finish him. And everyone in the room is like, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And there's like a, a little really, bit of pressure. Yeah, considerable yeah. amount of pressure for the person who's playing. You're like, oh, you know, trying to do the fatality. And then if it's in the face. And then if, it's, if it gets done correctly, everyone's like, yes, yes. Yeah. Like even right before the fatality actually happens. And uh, just a fantastic spectator game. I lost a round to Dan trying to pull off a brutality. Oh, and, I remember that one. And uh, because I think brutalities are because you have to execute them while playing. Yeah. And 
I think they're a bigger slap in the face than the fatality because it's saying because it not, took forethought, it took planning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna win with style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now you don't have a face, pretty much. Anything else for you guys to add on the subject of Mortal Kombat before we wrap this up? Um, I wanted to just mention that Power Glove, uh, the band that did the uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon soundtrack, their debut album was called Metal Combat for the Mortal Man. Hmm. like that name, <laughs> Power Glove, what too. What a great, yeah, what a great name. Uh, also, uh, one other Easter egg was uh, the uh, a really random, obscure fatality only in the Genesis version of MK2 called a Fergality, named after one of the company's employees. You had to input a secret code and then input a special command while playing as Raiden really really obscure fatality. and what does that what does that do it just turns them into a small like kind of bobblehead doll of of the guy the, weird weird yeah, really one weird. of the coolest fatalities i heard of was um called the make a wish fatality what? <laughs> <laughs> is that I bring think a child from i think the make a wish um, foundation i think it's smoke it's so smoke like duplicates himself so there's two of them and then one of the smokes grabs one arm and one leg and then the other one grabs the other arm and the other leg, and you just get split in half oh, like a wishbone. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah really good. Oh, was it, was it Noob Cybot? Yeah. yeah. Make a wish fatality. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's it's well named. They, they have fun with the names in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on, Andy? Uh, I'm good. Great. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in checking out more of our podcasts, you can find them on our website at chundugaming.com. You can also find it on iTunes and on Stitcher. And you can find all of these podcasts in videocast form on our YouTube page, which is Chundu Gaming. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot.